Hello and welcome to another episode of A View from the Other Side. I am delighted to be joined by Arsenal fan Jacob Weeks from the Daily Guna podcast. How are you tonight, Jacob? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, not a problem. Thanks for coming on. Um, we, we are fairly new to the podcast world and you know everyone we have on, we are appreciative of it um, and taking your time out to speak to us. Um, so you are a part of the Daily Guna podcast. Tell us a bit about yourselves and how long you've been running. Yeah, so similarly, we're quite new. We did start up um, a couple seasons ago, but for various reasons, it kind of went on hiatus for pretty much all the last season. Um, so we're kind of treating this season as season one again now, but we are back. We are recording. So if anyone listening does have Arsenal friends and family, would be very much appreciated if you can recommend us. Not a problem. We'll um, see what we can do for you. Um, I'm <laughs> sure uh, there'll be a few Fulham fans out there which have Arsenal uh, relatives and friends. And yeah, I'm sure uh, they'll get added to you. Um, what have you made to the, the, to the start of your season so far? From an outsider's point of view, you know, you look frightening at the minute. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's undeniably the most exciting start we've had to a season for a while. And it, it's been building throughout pre-season as well. Like, it's taken a few years, but kind of all this plan that we've been promised and some people have been preaching about that is coming, looks like it's finally kind of come to fruition. And there's obviously still improvements to be made, but we are playing some really nice football in the opening couple of games and obviously having Jesus here now rather than Lacazette and a mobile striker seems to have made a massive difference. Yeah, Jesus and Sinchenko is a good bit of business um, from Arteta and obviously he knows them from his Man City days and I bet that's been the best thing for you at the minute is you've seen new faces come in and they've made an instant impact. Yeah, every signing that's come in is clearly come in with a very specific plan, which is something that Mikel Arteta has said was going to happen. Obviously, last summer we went for a, a very useful approach, but you know, still trying to play play with a ball and have some technical quality. This summer we've gone just a little bit older, mid twenties rather than early, but they've come with very specific game plans. And yeah, obviously the two from Man City, they we're implementing a very similar style of play, so they they've slotted right in. And the fact they're they're used to the Premier League must help because you know when you buy players from Spain, Italy, France, you know you, you worry whether they're going to take to the Premier League straight away. But you've already you've sort of gone out and you've bought tried and tested players that have won the league, you know, year after year with Pep Guardiola and Man City, um, and that the centre back that scored on the weekend. He looks like a, a revelation. Um, yeah, obviously Saliva is one we've been waiting to see for a while. Um, been on loan for, you know, three seasons since we actually signed him. The first one was always planned, the loan straight back to the club. Last two seasons, much to a lot of people's dismay, been loaned out again and again. Um Obviously, the people who supported alone make the valid argument of not many, you know, twenty-year-olds start at centre back in the Premier League. He's come in at twenty-one and looks 
very, very calm and collected. Still had a mixed bag. Um, last week scored an own goal. And obviously, weekend just gone. <laughs> Unbelievable goal. I think any striker would have been proud of that. <laughs> yeah, some finish. But his weaker foot as well, wasn't it? Or was he actually left-footed? No, that was his weaker foot, yeah. Although, apparently, they'd spent the um, entire week training with their weaker foot. Just... Um, Apparently, that was part of the thing to break the lines because Bournemouth like to press the stronger foot. So we spent the week practicing with our weaker foots. Yeah, see, Arteta seems to be a, a shrewd manager. Um, now, as I've mentioned, Arteta, what do you make of him? And I know last season he got a bit of criticism um, and a few Arsenal fans, especially at the beginning of last season, were a bit, well, I'm not sure if he's the right man for the job. Me personally, I've always been a fan of Arteta and I do think he will be a massive success at Arsenal. And when he does eventually leave, he will leave having won a few more trophies. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, I've always been a big fan of him since he came in. However, there has definitely been times where he would have been glad the board have backed him. Um, Not so much the start of last season. Lots of people on Twitter are very vocal, but, you know, we lost the opening three games of the season, but realistically, the only result that was possibly unexpected was Brentford day one. Chelsea and City at that point were just miles above us, so I don't think you can really hold that against him. But his his first full season in charge, so obviously he came in halfway through a season, won the FA Cup, had a great start, and then the run after that at the start of the next season was, it was dire. We could barely string a pass together. We couldn't make any attacks. And yeah, from August until Boxing Day, it was really tough to watch. And he is lucky that there was a clear plan agreed with the board. Um, and until Smith Rowe came into the team at that point and getting Odegaard on loan, it was bad football. But that's credit to the board for sticking with him and saying no we're not listening to pressure we've not got the right players right now this is what the players are going to give you but give us a couple of years and you're going to see what we're trying to do yeah I think Arsenal are a bit like well not so much now but if you look at Man United for example when you've had someone as you know phenomenal as as Wenger it's it was always going to take time, as I'm sure you're aware. You know, you don't need me to tell you that. But from an outsider's point of view, it's you've had a little bit of success here and there with Unai Emery and a couple of others. But, you know, you're, you're yet to reach those heights that me growing up saw, you know, the likes of Thierry Henry, Burkham just destroying the Premier League, destroying teams for fun. Um, it seems as though now you have a clear plan in place. And I think... Do you think you'll be able to reap the rewards with the board sticking with Arteta, especially this season? Yeah, I am. I am, and I'd say most Arsenal fans are quietly confident. Obviously, we're not trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves after just three wins. Um, but it is something that has been building. Mm. Um, and what I think most people don't realise is actually the Cronkies didn't fully take control of Arsenal until 2019. Before that, we'd had a, ma- a board struggle that went on for years and years with um, Usmanov, who eventually ended up investing in Everton. Um, but they were joint owners. And 
during that period, I don't think we realised what effect that had. But now that there's a clip, you know, one clear owner, there's been strategy and there's been coherence from the top down. Um, so unfortunately, I think that also affected the last few years of Arsene Wenger. But you know, this plan is now implemented. We are looking good, and to be honest, outside of the top two, there is a good chance that we are going to break into that top four and kind of unsettle Chelsea and United because I can't see a plan with either of them right now. I think I think the top f- Spurs will probably be in there, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but And obviously, I'd love to see us take a crack at the FA Cup or the Europa League again, um, whether or not that's pushing a young squad, which still does have gaps in depth, too far. I'm not sure, but I think everyone is kind of very excited that trophies will come. Obviously, we're not talking the Premier League, not right now. Um, but I think they are capable. And Arteta's already shown he can win a trophy with a worse squad. Yeah. Now, if someone said to you today, <clears throat> you, you can either... There's one of two options. You can finish fourth and not win a domestic trophy, or you can finish fifth and win the Europa League. What are you taking? That's a tough one. Um, honestly, I'd be happy either way. Like, Obviously, top four gives you that. The league shows progress. It shows you over a long, sustained period of time that there's progress. Particularly, I tend to look at the points more than the position so much because we've had some good points that normally would have finished in better positions. Um you know, we got 69 last year. If we can push on to like 80 points this year, that's massive improvement. However, everyone loves a trophy. We, we've we not won a major European trophy. Um, so I think a lot of people write it off saying, oh, it's the Europa League, not the Champions League. You know, I'd be very, very happy to win the Europa League. Um, and I'd count both scenarios and that question as a success, to be honest. Yeah. So where do you think, if you had to make a prediction of where you're finishing at the end of the season, where would you say you're going to finish? I think it's definitely top four. I think third is certainly up for grabs. I think Spurs are going to be there or thereabouts. Um, So just because I don't want to finish below them again, I'm going to say (laughs) third with Spurs fourth. (laughs) So is that third with the heart or third with the head? Uh, third with the head. Definitely heart, and there is some logic <laughs> in the head. Um, I think out of the team, because obviously we were a point off the top four last year, mm. and I just think although some of the other teams have made good signings, I think as a whole and as a squad, we have made the biggest leap forward. So given there wasn't much difference to make the biggest leap forward, I think does put us in potential pole for third. Yeah, see, personally, I do reckon you'll finish fourth. Um, well, definitely in the top four, whether that's third or fourth. I do think Man United won't even finish top eight at the rate they're going. Chelsea, I hope they get relegated, but unfortunately, they'll probably be in and around, but I can see them just missing out on Champions League. Um, but moving on to Saturday, uh, if there's one player we should look out for, who should we look out for and pay most attention to? 
I mean, the obvious one to say right now is Jesus. Um, he's made everything click and he's bringing other people into the game and just he's making so much happen. Um, even goals that he doesn't get the goal or the assist for, it's come because of Jesus. However, Martinelli has really come on leaps and bounds with the combination from Jesus. So he is definitely one to look out for as well. Yeah, Martinelli, again, he's was he only 19, isn't he? Uh, he's now 21, I believe, 21. off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> but that's it. Over the years, Arsenal have always had players of a young age that seem to come through and, you know, they just seem to shine. You know, you've had Saka, Emma Smith-Rowe, Martinelli. Um, but looking at Fulham's team, if there's one player that you're wary of, who would that be? Um, I think it's got to be Mitrovic. Like, obviously, he. There were jokes about him coming back to the Premier. He's he only does it in the Championship, but early indications are he's brought that great season from the Championship up to the Prem, and we are untested in that physical battle. Saliba hasn't had that test yet. He's had people trying to get in behind him, but he's not had anyone, you know, get on to him, battle for every single ball, um, you know, throw him around a little bit. He's not had that traditional Premiership, Premier League battle. Um, he's built for it, but until he has that, I think that is going to be an interesting test um, to see how Saliba deals with Mitrovic. You see, with uh, Mitrovic, uh, as a Fulham fan, it is quite frustrating hearing a lot of lazy journalists and a lot of pundits saying, well, last time Fulham in the Premier League, he, he didn't do it. But the thing is, he never had the, the opportunity to do it. He only made a handful of starts. He made a handful of sub-appearances. Um, and that's because Scott Parker didn't, didn't fancy, fancy him for one reason or another. But I think he the way he has started this season, and he has he's done it at international level. And I think that's a good benchmark of of a good striker. I think if you can cut it at international level, then you're sort of halfway there. Um, and yeah, hopefully he can cause you a few problems on, on Saturday, but we will wait and see. Um, what about a match prediction? Uh, if I had to ask you for one, what do you reckon the score would be on Saturday? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think when the fixtures first looked out, came out, I think a lot of Arsenal fans looked at it and kind of we thought it was going to be a bit of a walkover. Uh, I mean no, obviously not as many people follow the championship and they know Fulham's done well they've not seen the style of play and how mm. they were doing um, and also, like obviously, go back a couple of years and yeah. Fulham was the only team that made uh, Willian look a good signing for us <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is clearly something different in the style of play. You've come up with confidence. You've come up with, looks to me like you've adapted your game plan a little bit from how you play in the championship to how you play in the Premier League. Um, and I think it is going to be a battle. I don't think this is the walkover that maybe we predicted. I would still feel confident. Last season, our home record was very, very good. I think it was third best in the league off the top of my head, only behind the top two. Um, 
So I do think we will grab the result. Um, so I I, I'm going to go 2-0, but I think it's going to be a battle for a long period of a match. Yeah, see, 2-0. To be honest, I'd, I'd probably... I wouldn't grumble at that. As long as we, we have competed and it's not a sort of a case of Arsenal 20 shots on target. Um, and, you know, we've just had the one measly chance. You are right. We have changed the way we've played coming from the Championship into the Premier League. Um, and to be honest, you have every right to look at the fixtures and go Fulham at home, well, that's three points. Um, and I'd be lying if I said we won't, you know, I'm expecting the same. I'm expecting to to lose because, you know, when you go to a big club like Arsenal, you do need that bit of luck. I think I've been to the Emirates about eight times and I've only ever seen us get a result, which was a free-free draw, when I think Arteta missed a penalty in the last minute. I um, remember that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that was one of the one of the best games of the season that year for me, especially that, that draw at the Emirates was, was fantastic. Um, it could have gone either way, but I think Saturday you're going to see how much we have changed and how much we have adapted. Because um, our, our last meeting at the Emirates, it was, was 1-1, wasn't it? And I think you equalised in like the 90th minute. Um, and that was behind closed doors. So, you know, no one really remembers those games anyway. But nah, that wasn't real football. It wasn't, was it? It's just <laughs> I say that having won the FA Cup like that, but it, <laughs> it, it wasn't the same. It was horrible. You know, I don't know about you, but when Fulham were playing at home, I, I could see where my season ticket seat was. And it's like, well, you know, I should be there. And watching it at home on the telly, you just you just couldn't get into it, could you? No, um, I didn't have my season ticket at that point. I got mine last season, same as um, a couple of the other boys on the pod, actually. So we're all season ticket holders now. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine kind of just seeing where I sit and not being there. Because, um, yeah, match days and the atmosphere and everything around it, uh, you know, they've become a big part of my kind of schedule of the year, really. Um, so, yeah, I just can't imagine playing in it either because particularly with Arsenal, like, it's been reported a lot. There's, It was a broken relationship between players, squad, club and fans for a whole host of reasons, including that whole Super League debacle. Mm. Um but over the last season, it's really built up and it's noticeable. Like the Emirates is louder than it's ever been, really. And they made a big show of it in the All or Nothing documentary as well to kind of show that, you know, the team and the fans are united again. So to if that was to be taken away from us now, I think it would have a big effect. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about the All or, no- All or Nothing documentary because... I'm a huge fan of them. You know, you've done one. I know the other team in North London have done <laughs> one. I won't say in, out of respect for you. Um, but And there's been a few others. Man City have done one. What What's your take on it and what sort of reaction has it had from the Arsenal fans? Because you hear the likes of Simon Jordan from TalkSport and they go on about saying stuff like, well, how much of a true reflection is it? Are they playing up to the cameras? Is... You know, is what you're seeing genuine? Genuine. What do you What do you make of the series that that came out? I I thought it was great, by the way. Yeah, I 
when it was first announced that we were doing it, I wasn't particularly a fan. It felt like we were doing something kind of false. Mm. Um, I did. I wasn't much of a believer in it, but uh, it was kind of one of those necessary evils. Without Europe, it was some good money coming into the club. Um, but having watched it now, I am a big fan of it. And I actually did the stadium tour after all the cameras and microphones were put in. And actually, they are discreet. You could see them there, but, you know... Once you get used to them, and obviously in the passion of game and that, I don't think the players would be worried about the cameras or Arteta worried about the cameras. I do think you get some genuine moments. Mm. Um, I do think, I think most fans' biggest criticism is you can tell it's been edited in a way to, you know, still keep a lot of stuff secret and not reveal too much and... That's a valid point, but obviously no club's going to sign up to this to give away their secret. biggest secrets and everything else. So I, I think that was always to be expected. Um, but I think what we do see is genuine. Um, and it was nice to see a behind the kind of scenes thing. And they did. Obviously, they created their own narrative in some episodes. Obviously, we they really focused on like Arteta, Ramsdale and Jacker from a kind of human side of things because... I think probably because they're some of the ones who got the most criticism. So, you know, they used that documentary to kind of show that side to them. Um, but it was, you know, it was great to see. Um, and to, I, some of my favourite moments are just see, seeing the players after, like, wins go back into the dressing room and sing the songs that we were singing out on the ground for 90 minutes. So yeah. it's nice to see that it just showed that little bit of unity and that they do kind of hear what we're saying. Yeah, because there is, you know, as the years go on, it does seem like the connection between the fans and the players is getting wider and wider as the years go on. Um, So, you know, watching documentaries like All or Nothing, I think it does help from a fan's perspective to sort of appreciate just how much work does go into, you know, the team, the behind the scenes. And you do actually realise that the connection is still there. It's just, it comes out in different ways. Um, but one last question I will ask before we round up. Bert Leno, <clears throat> um, he made his debut for us actually on Saturday against Brentford. What should we expect from him? And are you are you gutted to see him leave? I am, yeah. Um, Leno is a top shot stopper. That, like, I would rank him among one of the best shot stoppers in the league. Um, And he has saved us many a times and got us out of some jams. Obviously, the reason he kind of dropped behind Ramsdale is we went a different direction and we wanted the kind of playing out from the back and the the passes to really set up attacks. So we're using our goalkeeper in a different way now. Um, So we kind of moved on from Leno, but Everyone is gutted to see him leave, really. We know that last season we probably had the best backup keeper in the league. Mm. Like He could start for most teams in the league. And to have him on our bench was just unbelievable depth. So we kind of reluctantly understand that we needed to let him go. He needed to go. He obviously wants to be in that World Cup squad. 
Um, and he wants to play. And so I think he's kind of... Everyone understands his reason for going, but there is definitely a sense of, like, we wish we could have kept hold of him. And I think... I think he will be very important for Fulham this season. Obviously, you are a team that will concede chances and they're going to need a good goalkeeper to get you out of trouble at times. And I think I can't think of many better keepers around suited to that. That's Yeah, that's that's a a fair point. Um, We are going to concede a lot of chances and, you know, we've conceded a fair few in the first three games already. Um, You know, we've conceded four goals. But to be fair, that is Liverpool and and Brentford in there. Um, But we've been quite fortunate with goalkeepers throughout the last sort of 20 years. When we've spent time in the Premier League, we've had Van der Sar, we've had Schwarzer. Um, And one one of the best things from a Fulham fan's point of view, is the transfer fee. Now, obviously, it's come through as, as 8 million, but it's not yet. It is, I think it's 3 million, but it, it sort of gets complicated because it's 3 million up front, then it's a million for this, it's 2 million for this, and the total fee is going to be, I think, 8 million. Yeah, and um, I think you've got to avoid relegation there. two years in a row to reach 8 million as well. Yes. So, <laughs> so it, it hopefully, we'll be paying you the full 8 million. Um, because we would have stayed up for for two seasons, but you are right. Um, we are we do feel fortunate to have someone with the quality of Leno in our team, and that was the one area which we were worried about. Obviously, Rodak has done well for us in the championship, and there was a few fans which sort of said he deserves his chance. Um, but when the news broke that we were linked with Leno, I think a few of us were like, "Well, you know, that's just paper talk. He ain't going to come to us." But when it actually comes to fruition that, you know, he's signing, we, we know now that we have someone between the sticks that's probably going to save us. Well, he's definitely going to get us five or six points over the course of a season at least. And I think for a side like us, we need every point we can get. Um, and hopefully on Saturday when we walk out of the ground at half past seven, He's kept a clean sheet and we can, you know, <laughs> I can walk out happy, but I'm not going to, you know, rely on it too much. I just hope that Saturday goes well. It's a, it's going to be a good game. Um, and I just hope that we can be as competitive as possible for as long as possible. Um, and yeah, best of luck for Saturday. Best of luck for the rest of the season. And I do appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us on the green pole. Um and yeah, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, cheers for having us. I wish you luck for the rest of the season, but not for Saturday. <laughs> I think every fan loves having Fulham in the like just Craven Cottage. It's a great ground, and the Premier League is a better place with that ground back in it. Uh, you're too kind, Jake. You're too kind. I'll, I'll send that money through PayPal after this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Jake. Cheers. <laughs>